episode 97. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. I have with me today my mother once again. Minister Sylvia Hall. <laughs> Minister Sylvia Hall. For Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about love. Before we get into it, housekeeping. Realchurchmatters.com is the website. You can also listen to us on podcasts. Searching Real Church Matters. You can listen on SoundCloud by searching Real Church Matters. Follow us, like us, subscribe, rate us, write a review, tell your friends, your family, etc., etc. Special note, you can also now talk to Siri. Tell Siri, I want to listen to Real Church Matters podcast. Or you can say, play the latest episode of Real Church Matters podcast. And Siri does it. Siri's even a fan. So make sure you do that. Also, thank you to each and every person who participates via Patreon, gives to support. There's a lot of things that we're doing, a lot of subscription fees and things like that that go along with creating a podcast and then creating a podcast of a certain quality. So we appreciate all of those. I got one of the Patreon uh, subscribers with me right now. Thank you, Mom. Well, you're so welcome. <laughs> uh, but if you would like to, it's Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Real Church Matters. Give a dollar or more. Give whatever your heart desires. Anything that you give is valued and appreciated. That concludes our housekeeping. Always a special note, it's obedience over audience. Even if it was one person listening, I already have done the job by just obeying what God has given me. I literally just talked to somebody and told them that I'm in the business of honoring what God gives me. Not really in a particular type of business. I have tons of things going on because as God gives to me, I honor those thoughts, those ideas, those concepts, and I just take and treasure them like the beautiful things they are because I know that God doesn't give them to everybody and what he gives to me is unique to me so you guys even listening right now you may say you know I had an idea one time and you just let it disappear just think of it in a different way think of it as you let a precious gift a precious engagement with God go to the wayside because of why because you couldn't understand it because you couldn't see how it would come to fruition Sometimes we just have to see the beauty and the power of just the idea and understand that it comes from something greater than us. All right, that was that wasn't housekeeping, but that that was, that was a good intro. That was a good intro. To what love because the engagement with God, when we engage with Jesus in any way, it looks like telling somebody else. Hmm. That's what it looks like. There's no way you can come away from the engagement with pure love and not tell somebody about it. Yeah. Not share it with somebody. You know, I can remember not having the courage to share it with anybody but my seven children. Mm -hmm. But it didn't fall on the ground. I didn't know that this, this type of engagement with God causes us to move out of our comfortable place. Yeah. And to invite people to see what it's all about. Yeah. To beckon them, to call them, to say, you know, 
this is this is what I learned this morning. This is this is how when you engage with God, this is what you come away with. Come see a man. Yeah. Come, come, look, come get to know the love that lifted me, the love that picked me up, the love that walked inside of me, the love that gives courage in the face of fear. That's that's what happens when you engage with God. And you recognize that this is the purpose that you've been placed here for. Yeah. That engagement, that's why love has taken on such a such a weird thing. Yeah. Because you look at it like today's Valentine's Day. And today is synonymous with love, but it's not synonymous with the love we're talking about. That's right. It's synonymous with a different type of love. One that um I think this 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 guy, he uh he said it so eloquently. He said, The man sent saw the boy fishing and he saw him cook the fish. And eat the fish. And he said, you really love fish? And he said, yes, I really love fish. And he said, no, you don't. You love you. You love you so much that you took the fish, killed the fish, boiled the fish, ate the fish. And he said, everything that we do that we call love is really people are vehicles of gratification. And we will say we love them but we don't love them no different than we love that fish. Yeah. And I shared it with as many people as I could yesterday yes. just to challenge them. At, that, that doesn't define love, but it's one of the things that it can help us understand and challenge the way we love, even on this particular day. Yeah. It becomes, am I, am I, is every person that I'm connecting with a vehicle for my gratification? Or are they an opportunity for the manifestation of the love of God? Not that I'm trying to rhyme, but gratification and manifestation are these two intersecting things that we have to challenge ourselves with. And you said something earlier that was powerful to me. You said that Jesus showed love every time he was engaging with people. Yes. So speak a little more about that. He walked with. He walked with pain. He walked with suffering. He walked with bewilderment. He walked with hatred. He walked with people. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that because Jesus walked with them knowing they could never give him anything, knowing that they couldn't even recognize who he was. They couldn't recognize that he was the son of God. They recognized him as a carpenter's son. Yeah. They never even took the time to get to know who he was, even his own disciples. Telly in began to say, ah, you don't have to go through that. You don't have to do that. Not all that you can do. They didn't even get to know him because he embodied what real love was. He came to put us back to a place that Adam was. Because we, Adam took love to a whole nother level. Yeah. And it wasn't a higher level. It was a base level. He, I think he spent too much time looking at the animals. <laughs> he spent too much time finding out that they had female and male. He spent too much time saying, I don't have anybody. 
like they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he spent too much time going to a base level yeah. that was not meant for man. Yeah. So when we look at this this idea of love in this way, uh, it's hard for people to not separate love from what they define as romance, yes. what they define as intimacy, what they define as affection. Yeah. And so when I, what I've been sharing with people, and I think that it's troubling to them, is I said that love is to obey God's word and not to obey one's desire. Yeah. That's... That's that sums up what the product of it is. Mm-hmm. But how do you but, arrive? But how do you it? arrive to that? <laughs> yeah, because it's it's real difficult. Yeah, to end up with a cake unless you got all the ingredients. Absolutely. And that's what happens when we engage with Jesus. We all of a sudden we start making cakes. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to recognize that some people are bankrupt. They go to the cabinet and they have nothing to make a cake with. Yeah. They have nothing to pull from. All they know is that they are, they have connected themselves or find interest in a theme that connects to Christ, which is love. Yeah. But they don't understand. They don't connect to it in a healthy way. way. So you see this thing where people say they do so much in the name of love. Yeah. But I'm challenging the Christian here. I'm just talking to the Christian. All the things you've done in the name of love, can you say they were also in the name of God? And the reason that matters is because we define God as love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 establish that God is love. And then he tells us to love one another. So when we look at love as this, Romantic, intimate, affectionate connection with human beings. It's hard for us to see how we can love one another. It just shows us how we can love the another's that we want to. Right. It's it's a recognition. You first have to recognize that you don't have the ability to love. Absolutely. And once you recognize that, it's a good place. But wait, we we don't tell me I don't have the ability to love if I have the ability to desire people. I have the ability to engage with them physically. Yes. I have the ability to espouse words of sentiment. Yes. And emotion. Yeah. But and how am I how am I not capable if I do that all the time? And this is where um I was I was looking at even even the encounter between, I have to go back there, the encounter between Adam and God. And it is so important that we understand that it was in that encounter that we learn what went wrong. <laughs> what is wrong in us, absent from God being there? What is wrong that we desire, our desire, pulls us away from what is really love, our desires. We come into this world loving ourselves. I really wish there was another word that would connect with people other than that <laughs> other one than word love. Yeah. that I could explain it in because love is not what we have. But that's why I'm pulling it away. And I think that we can, once we establish that, 
we can move on from it in, in just the sense of, hey, guys, that's not love. That isn't. That is desire. That's desire. And what one desires is not what one loves. No. Just like, just like I, if I like a certain type of food, if I desire it a lot, I'll tell people I love it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, no, I'll say all the time, yeah. before Christ, we are a victim of, of our desire. own desires. Which we equivocate to love. Yes, and we, we set our own selves up. And there are people that woke up this morning and have declared that they have no one that loves them. Mm. They have declared that there's no one Uh-oh. who cares for me. Because they can't see the person who desires them. Yeah. They can't see the one that gave it all. Yeah, and, and that's the that's the thing. It's like they're looking for desire from people. Yes. They think they're looking for love. Even when I, sp- I used to speak and I used to say, my, my dad doesn't love me. I was saying this based on my laundry list of desires and what he didn't tick off on those boxes of desires and what I desired from him that he didn't exhibit. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. It's like it's all desire. It has nothing to do with love. Because we look at some some simple love scriptures. John 3.16 says, for God so loved. It didn't say that for God so desired the world. Because if it was going by desire, we disappointed him already. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? We know what he desired. Yeah. He said, be holy for I am holy. Yeah. He, he desired something from his creation. We did not give that to him. Right. But he said, for God so loved. That he gave. That he gave. And so I'm going to throw this little this thing out at, at you. And I want to hear what you feel about all of that. Um, I, I was explaining to Philip. I said, Unconditional love isn't loving people no matter the conditions. Yeah. It's loving people no matter the condition of your heart. That's right. It's denying your own flesh. Because our hearts are flesh. Our hearts are full of our desires, our regrets, mm. our incapabilities, our Brokenness, that's what the heart is filled with because it's the mind. Yeah. And in order to connect, when this is the the really, this is the volatile thing. And it's amazing to me how God preserves his creation because it's so volatile for two human beings to connect in desire. It and say no, say that again, say it again. It's it's very volatile. Go ahead. Yeah, for two human beings to connect in desire. Mm. Because even though they come to the place of saying that we desire one another, they only desire to be fulfilled themselves. Yes. And it's volatile. It ends that's why people say, Oh, well, you know, it ends up in pain. Yes, it does. It ends up in Failures. Yeah. It ends up in inadequacies. It ends up pointing out to you all everything that you knew was already in you, but thought that the other person could fulfill. That's why you desired. That's why you desired. And then you hear words like expectations. You hear words yeah. like disappointment. You hear words like 
uh, I don't I don't feel compatible. Yeah, uh, you know, it, we, we talk about just, all of these things, but where what are you saying is compatible? You're saying you are not conducive to my desires. It's it to me. I mean, it's so evident because when we the closest supposedly supposedly the closest love t- should be the love of a mother and a to child. a child mm. or a father to a child yeah. because you came from them yeah and yet even that even that engagement has been perverted has been perverted like, let's say even before the child even is is conceived yes it's perverted because these two people look one another and say I want a child. That's going to look like me. <laughs> or maybe just one of them said, I want a child. Or maybe neither one of them wanted a child and just wanted each other. And the child was birthed out of their desire of each other. Yes. And it becomes a reminder of what they didn't want. <laughs> they didn't want while they were getting what they And they wanted. still, and then they leave another person. That leaves a whole nother person to come into this volatile situation. Of desire. Of desire. So then they look at the kid. And what in the world can a a baby? What can they give to me? What can they give? What can they give to me? They open up a place and I, you know, I I thank God. I thank God because in the purity of a child is where God was able to reach me. Mm. Because I was empty at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I knew, I thought I knew what I didn't want. In love. I didn't want to give my kids this type of love. Version of love that you were familiar with. That, that I was, was familiar with. But you knew what you wanted. And then you, we become those people, even as young people. Yeah. We become those people who we know what we want and we're scanning for it. Yes. And even though we don't consider ourselves heartless people, we still are like we are at the supermarket when we're looking for fruit. We're still testing the ripeness yes. of it. And if it isn't what we want, we toss it aside and we keep on tossing, tossing. And before long, the nicest people we know have a pile of people to their side that they've just inspected for the de- for their desires yeah. and say, oh, this won't work. And and you you look at it and you I want it so much for what I felt was normal. Mm. You know, I seen it on TV. I see all uh, Ozzy and Harriet and Lucille Ball and <laughs> Desi Arnaz, Ricky, Ricky Ricardo, you know, this is to 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 me that depicted Leave It to Beaver and My Three Sons and and the Hustables. And these all depicted people to me that define love, love uh, of a parent to a child, um, I, or even of a family. Um, to to me, I'm 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 so thankful that. I lost, I lost all courage in the arena of love between a man and a woman early. What you, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? What you? Because, because early, I because you've been married for how long? I've been married for thirty nine years. Thirty nine years, and you saying early on, early on, you early, lost what? I I lost all confidence in the fact that an engagement between a man and a lady could bring about love, could bring about the security, 
could bring about the wholeness that I desired in my life, that I had cloned or I had put together as what we would call love. I had, in my mind, I thought that that in my husband, who was just a kid, that that was love. I thought that this, he that protected. He had, that he had something for you. Yes. What did you think he had for you? He had courage for me. Mm. He had, uh, he, he allowed me to be comfortable in my own skin. Mm. Something, that, something that I was not comfortable so with. He gave you security. He gave you a sense of confidence. Yes. And he gave me a sense that he knew where a, we were supposed to go. A validation to. Yes. He gave you a sense of validation. Then he gave you a sense of direction. Of direction. Of purpose. He, purpose, yes. You see, you see how they, these yes. are words that yes. can be attributed to God. Yes. And you attributed them to, like you say, a, a mere kid. A mere kid. Because we were the same age. Yeah. We were the same age. We. What age was that again? We were... When we first met each other, we were in kindergarten. Yeah, I'm saying. But when, when we first, when you we started first looking for those things from put, him, I was in fifth grade mm. when he started coming to the rescue. Yeah, I was in fifth grade when he started when, establishing himself. Yeah, I was sort of the 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 um, child that was point out, pointed out to be picked upon because yeah. I was quiet. I was an introvert. I um, had eczema, a skin condition on my face that kind of made me look like a giraffe. Mm -hmm. um, and the kids made fun. And he was the kid that said, leave her alone. She's not bothering nobody. Um, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Get away from her. She's not bothering anybody. And that started in fifth grade. Then in, by sixth, seventh, he was <laughs> he was saying, "Meet me after school." <laughs> you know, uh, you 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 don't like her. She's not doing anything. Why pick on her? Pick on me. I'm. I could take it. Pick on me. And so this is who he became. But at the same time, it was the first time that I found anyone that I could rest in, because home was a upheaval. It was no one there. I had lost confidence in their ability to protect me, their ability to provide security, their, their ability to provide direction. And their ability to meet what you desire. Yes. And, and this is helpful because we, we deal with a lot of people that come from broken homes. Yeah. We deal with a lot of people with daddy issues, mommy issues, the whole yeah. everything in between. And a lot of times, trying to explain love to people who have been hurt is a frustrating thing because they're looking at you and saying, you don't know what I went through. Yeah. You don't know what I endured. All I'm asking for is the, the things that I think every person deserves. Yeah. But what comes into problematic spaces is what they think they deserve. <laughs> they think they deserve it out of people who yeah. cannot give them what they deserve or desire because they're too busy trying to get what they think they deserve, what they think they desire. It's like going to a bank that's bankrupt, mm. that has no money, and saying, uh, excuse me, but 
I put $20 in there <laughs> yesterday. I came back to get it. I came back to get my 20 And they say to you, all the money's gone. I'm bankrupt. This is, what, this is how we look on a daily basis. Absolutely. We're going to cash in. What we <laughs> have invested time in, uh, desire and all of these things. That and we call it family. We call it love. And we call it love. We, we put people in such a place and we don't even recognize when somebody's dead. When, with the expectation that they must deliver. Yeah. They every must day. deliver. I see even in the engagement of brother and sister or father and son or mother and daughter yeah. or father and mother. There's all of these things that we're just saying, I'm coming back to get this. I put time in you. You need to have time for me. I put uh Conversation in you, yeah. you need to have some back yep, for me. Yep. <laughs> I put all the things that I desire yeah. that you desired. I put it in you. Now you need to give me what I desire. And that's a that's a responsibility that nobody's shoulders can bear. And it is so, it's so. Uh, I think it's it's so wrong because when I look at it, and I just keep telling myself every day. Yeah. Because some people are so comfortable in connecting in that manner. They, they say, because you're my family, because you're my mom, I have to get this from you. I make these I'm demands. right here. I'm right here. And look at me. Don't you see what I have need of? Yeah. And I have conditioned myself to know that if God doesn't speak, if God doesn't move, who am I? Absolutely. Who am I? I can't, I, I can't <laughs> pour into it. A vessel that has a hole in the bottom and expect it to hold anything. Or think that anything that I put into them is worth anything when it comes from or me. Or did it cost me anything? Or it cost me anything when it comes from me just trying to meet their desires for the sake of mine. It 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 doesn't, it's there's no entitlement in in relationships. There, but yet. We, and I'm talking about Christians, I'm not even talking about the engagement between two people who don't know God. Yeah, we talk about Christians here. Uh, we're talking about Christians. Absolutely. We're Because it's impossible. I, I, I just, I don't even want to deal with um, the, the non-Christian or the person that has not an engagement with God because... Part of that is our responsibility. Because, because it's all we about— We should be engaging. We should be engaging with them. Yeah. Somebody has to reach into them Absolutely. in order for them to be able to see what real love is. But we first got to get it right. Yeah. We first got to recognize where we're at yeah. because we're giving a slighted picture. We're giving a tainted picture of who God is. When— we are still, we say God is our master, but we still serve our original master, which is our desires. Our desires. And so, like you said, if you're that Christian who is still honoring your desires and not the desires of God, then you do not have the love of God. And I'm, I'm glad that the Bible creates that distinction. Yes. Where he talks about the love of God, because he says there's another love. Yes. He said that men will become lovers of themselves. themselves. So when we look at engagements like Valentine's Day, when we let's let's get rid of the holiday. When we look at being Christians yes. and we say, 
Well, Forrest, what you, you and your mom are saying is interesting, but where does sex fall into that as married people? Where, where does this physical intimacy fall in? Just the simple sitting and talking and, and hugging and caressing and, and, touching. and touching. Where do these things figure in to love if you say love is not about desire of inwardly or the outwardly of the person, but it is about manifesting the desires of God through his word. Yeah. Where does sex and all of that fit in? That's where... Again, we go back to engagement. Um, and we go back to the base level of engagement. That's, that's what happened to Adam. Adam was looking at the animals. He said they all had someone with them. They engaged. They had sex. They procreated. <laughs> yes. he, he, he had to be there for some time before God recognized or God brought to his attention that it's not good for man to be alone because he's looking at something that I didn't even want for him. Yeah. That base, that base way of living is what I gave to the animals. Mm -hmm. See, that's that's why a child at at the age of uh, six, seven, six, seven is able to carry out all of the physical parts of having sex. And in fact, if you leave them all in a room together and you take off their clothes, you really don't have to take off their clothes. They'll do that for themselves. But if you leave them alone long enough, they'll start putting things where they belong yeah. and having what what people say, oh, you know, I, I desire this person to desire. No, that's the base level of humanity. That is a part that is innate. It's within you. Mm. It's right there. And, it, and at that very young age, it can become corrupted because there's no protection, there's no care for, and there's no ability to understand it. Yeah. So, so this is where I, I think I hear what you're saying is that sex has been created by God. It's been defined as good. Yes. But it is the way in which we engage in it that becomes perverse. Yes. Saying that sex driven by desire. It shouldn't be the object of your desire. Absolutely. It should, the, the litmus test is lust. Lust <laughs> is never satisfied. Yes. That's why you have people who, who measure the amount of sex they have to the love they have. To the love they have. Or the, the love that exists in the relationship. Because lust is never satisfied. Absolutely. That's why love has taken, even sex, has taken on different modes over the years because it's never satisfied. And you've, Said, you've heard women say, he doesn't love me anymore. Yes. And then when you ask them, what do they mean? Well, he doesn't touch me. He doesn't have sex with me. I, I I just when you hear these things, I don't think people hear themselves. No, I've I sat with somebody and they 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 saw men looking at this woman and they said, I desire for men to look at me that way. Why don't they look at me that way? They attribute these things to love and affection, but that's not God's love. No, but I really do I, to be I, desired to be desired. Yes, it's not I, in. It is not to say I am loved. It isn't. It isn't. 
the desire itself, again, desire is passion. It's emotion. It's emotion. It's lust. It's corruptible. If we, if I could do anything, I'd say, I wish that it could, that, that people, and I'm talking about Christians, mm-hmm. could have the ability to dissect that awareness. That awareness. Why do I do what <clears throat> I do when I do it? Right. You know, I, I start examining the why because I start examining the why God does it. Yeah. You know, I, I start asking God, why do you love me like you do? Why? Why when you see, when you see who I am and you see where I've been and you see how I've made choices, why do you love me like yeah. you do? And that engagement has caused me to to see, to let, to really let myself off the hook, mm-hmm. to recognize that I'm incapable, I'm incapable of actually giving anybody anything, only giving me, mm. only giving me, only desiring for me, only pulling for me, only wanting me. You got to complete me. You come into this circle, you must complete me. So if we look at that, and we look at that. That manifestation of love that we see where he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not that whosoever believe in it would love him, but that so whosoever believe in him shall not perish, yeah. but have everlasting life. He, the engagement only was to prove and garner something that is not even connected to us giving anything back. Yes. It's just, I'm doing this so that you might have. I gave so you might have. I didn't give so you might give back. I gave that you might have. That when we look at defining love and say, what's the difference between the love of God and the love of man? Mm -hmm. Well, it's simple. He loved you so much, he gave so that you might have. And you love things so much that you give so they may give back to To you. you. And even... Even, you know, I was, I was uh, meditating and just thinking because families, and I, I go back to a family. Absolutely. Because the engagement between, a, again, a man and a woman is a, is, takes a different path. And, and here's the thing about that. The reason why it's important to, to focus on family is because all of these engagements of desire— Birth our families. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whether and, they like it or not. All of a sudden, you grandma, you granddad, you yeah. auntie, you uncle, because of people's desires. And and you have these little people who, all of a sudden, they're able to articulate their desire. And sometimes it looks like a full-on tantrum. Yeah. Because this is what I want. This is what, and then you start seeing that the 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 parents. Um, brokenness and insecurities, they pour into the child. So then the child's saying, it's just not fair. Yeah. Life's not fair. This isn't, I didn't get the same thing they got. And and you start seeing all of these engagements are so tainted. And the very parents who are instilling these mindsets will look at their child and say, how dare you look at life that way? Life is not fair. Yeah. You don't get 
what you want. Mm-hmm. But then the, the, in their same same mouth, yeah. they'll turn to somebody else and say, what about me? Yeah, what about my life? What about my life? What about my aspirations? What and about my dreams? And, and who's looking out? For me. For me. And I, 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 I challenge us to go back right there. We say we love God. Mm-hmm. We say that we are engaged with him. We say that we're actually engaged in another way because we're going to have this marriage with Christ. Yeah. So we're actually just in the engagement stage. Even though people think that he's married to you, the marriage hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's just a promise. It's just a promise. It's just an engagement. And we don't, of course, we don't put any effort in this engagement. No. Nah. We yeah. love him so much that we don't give of ourselves, <laughs> but we give enough in hopes to get from him. Yeah. And this is, you know, the 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 words that just came to mind <laughs> is I give myself away. You know, the, the songwriter wrote the song, and I know that he probably wrote the song saying, I'm giving myself to Jesus. Yeah. He said, give myself away <laughs> but he just, that you... May use me. Yes, yes. Even that whole <laughs> when you when you when you look at the whole picture of those words that were chosen, you know, I start saying one day I was like, mm, "I give myself away, so you might use me." And this is something that we, which sounds like love, which sounds like love, but really. It all comes back to one desiring to be like God because they've encountered God. Yes. They've encountered God to see how he gives. Oh, see, we, we, getting, we getting deep here. This is good because the Christian masquerades desire as devotion. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, here's the thing. If you are having an interaction of transaction is desire. Yes. If you are interacting with anything that someone may exchange actions. Yes, yes. It's desire. Because love doesn't look like that. Love don't look like that. You, you know, I, I, that's my litmus test. First Corinthians 13. I said, if it's not painful, it's not love. He said, love <laughs> seeketh not itself. I said, if it's not cutting away, it's not love. I, amen. If it's not causing me to be in an uncomfortable place, it's yeah. not love. If it's not causing <laughs> me to give with nothing in return, expected or desired, yeah, it's not love. It's not love. He he gave he gave his son, not knowing that we could not give him anything equal or greater to. Yeah. Even and when y'all give him yourself, this is this is the crazy part. Even when we say, you know what, Lord, you gave your son for me. I'm going to give myself to you. Yes, Lord. <laughs> it's still, it's not commiserate to what he gave. No, no. And he's not asking for us to do that. So much so. He, he said, give me back what I gave you. <laughs> the, the bottom line is the love of God poured, has been poured, poured into, into us. us. So that we might give it back to him. That love. That love. And he desires to be able to direct that very love. To somebody else. To somebody else through you. So let's talk about that for a second. And all of this stuff, it's like ruminations of love. But 
when we talk about that, we're talking about the, this this perfection of love, yeah. this completion of love, yeah. as the scripture says. He said that you need to keep his word. You don't need to keep your love for God. This no. is something I had to learn. Yeah. For us, you're trying to keep up your love for God. Yeah. You're trying to walk into the place and be excited for church. Trying to read his word and fall in love with it, where it's a page turner. You didn't went from Genesis to Revelation. You like, whoo, that was a steamy one. I gotta go back to the <laughs> beginning. I'm trying to maintain my idea of an emotional connection. Connection with God. But that's not what he asked for. He said in the scripture, keep my word. And once you keep my word through your obedience, therein is the love of God perfected. Yes. So he's letting us know. I gave you me. When you keep me through my word, obedience, you complete the love cycle. He's, he doesn't even ask us to respond. He don't even ask us to respond to him. He asks us to respond to what he said. Yes. He did, you know, the other uh, few days ago, the, the two words, respond and relate. Mm. Um. The, I forgot you told me yes, that. Yeah, this ties in, boy. The Holy Spirit just broke down both of those words in my early morning engagement with God. And he began to tell me, he said, Sylvia, you respond. You, you, you respond to so many things. And when it comes to relating, you can't respond to me. He said, you can't, I don't want response. I don't want to say, Sylvia, where are you? And you say, here I am, God, I'm over here. He said, I don't want our relationship to be so surface in that way. It can't be that way. Here I am, Lord, use me. That's not it. He said, but as you relate to me, relation or relate Mm. is an intimacy with another this is this is something that that God not only requires but it's the only way to connect to God so so we just to give people a little concept of relate in that way there somebody can talk to you about the black experience and you can say i relate to that yeah because you have something already in you there's an intimacy there's something already yes. in you that connects with what this person has said yes you guys understand. So when we talk about relate and people use it and they use another word, they say that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. What spoke to you is that there was already something spoken in you. In you. Yeah. So when we talk about having the love of God in us is the key to exhibiting or manifesting the love of God or even hearing the love of God yes. or responding to the love of God, it has to start with you receiving God's love yes. so that when he speaks, it speaks to you. It speaks to you. It relates to it you. It relates to you because he, it's, it's like a, a massaging. It's, it's, it's every encounter or every relate, relating Time with God is like him massaging what he put in you. Yeah. Um, it's it's like uh it's okay. I don't I don't even pay attention to the fact how much time I spend. You know, I can't tell people I pray this long or whatever, or I I don't I I don't pay attention because the time is continuous and he just 
consistently relates or consistently massages what he put already has put there. Because that's relationship. So just to, to, to bring it full circle, how love is perfected, even in the very human things yes. of sex yes. and things like that. How does God relate to your sexual experience? Do you say yes. like if, if, if you you're gonna have a hard time relating God to your human experiences yes. when you do not have God in you, you. and it's 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 like um, bodies of water, and they you know a stream is begat from a river is be, which a river is begat from, from an ocean. ocean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there is a stream, um, or a, 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 a area, a place of, oh, uh, there has to. I, I don't, I don't really know how to to break it down. There has to be a, there has to be all of these a continuous, a continuous flow from the place of God. Yes, there you go. All of these human extensions yes. must come from a very divine space. Because, because sex outside of outside of Christ. There's a thing. Let's pause right there. The conversation is always sex outside of marriage. No. Let's get throw that away. Yes. Let's throw that away. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. Actually, no. Doesn't matter if you're married no. or not. This is this is this is gonna be good for you. Listen, sex outside of God, outside of the essence of Him by His Word via His Word, is incomplete. Is incomplete, and it's because God set the standard for what goes on, and He spoke it. He said, "Like my word, it goes down," and. It, he explained it. It re- never returns void. Void, and it, it, he explained the cycle of us, and he likened it to a cycle of of rain. Yeah, and how the water goes up, it evaporates. It up, evaporates up. It and pours it, down. It pours down, and it and when it pours down, it produces fruit, and it goes up, comes back, and down. comes back down. This is the cycle. That is broken when it comes to sex. That's why. That's why. You know. To be honest with you, I wasn't disturbed when um, they said the same-sex marriage. I, it doesn't make it. It didn't make yes, a difference. They, to oh, me. you're bringing up an excellent point. There, there's this human engagement that the church is defining as divine. Yes, and it didn't make a difference to me because marriage. Or sex outside of Christ doesn't make a difference. It's still tainted. It still does not. It's not in a complete circle. It does. It does not. It does not gratify God, and it is only a gratification for the flesh. And since, because it will never be satisfied, the flesh will never be satisfied. It will be perverted at some point. Yes. And so, it's never going to be enough. That's why the the marriage that his. You you very seldom can can go to a person who's been married inside Christ, <laughs> outside of Christ, and say that there's been times of infidelity. Has there been times of infidelity? Of, ha- of, of any degree. Of any degree. And the person is outside of Christ might just deal with the 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 physical part. But the person is inside of Christ, I challenge you. I challenge you to deal with the mental part. 
I challenge you to deal with the part that God sees. The, the part is of lust and desire. Of desire. And it, it puts you, it turns the lights off in your room and puts you in the bed with someone else, even though it's your nothing but your old wife laying there. Yeah. You know, because your desire and because of the place that you have, have allowed, you're missing out. You're missing out on what God has done. And we know that this is true because of how the perversion of desire turns. So you yes. have a woman that sees that her husband is no longer, no longer desires her. And she'll say, well, let's have an open marriage mm-hmm. so that you can be fulfilled since I'm not fulfilling you. Sweetie, you, you're not supposed to be concerned about fulfilling his desire. And, and, and then they say that's the ultimate love because it's a sacrifice on her part yeah. to share a part of her. That because this man can't, can't honor God the way he honors his desire. And because the woman can't honor God. Exactly. Because her honoring of God would have wouldn't have put her in a place of vulnerability like that. Because that that goes against the very nature that God has placed within us. Yeah. Well something as simple as <coughs> something as simple as a, a man will look at pornography. Yeah. And see that as an engagement that he wants to commit to a woman or his wife. Because he's seeing all of these exercises of desire, yeah, which sometimes even humiliate and are inhumane to the woman, according to the Word of God. A lot of women are acceptable of things because they are they are connected to the well, world. I even take it further than that, because a lot of women sit with their husbands, absolutely, and watch the pornography and con- condone and it because it, I'd it, rather him do this than that, and I rather and is that what you'd like to try? And it 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 becomes we again have to look at this is that God spoke to us and He let us know. Jesus prayed for us and He said, I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. He actually was praying to the Father. And he was saying, leave them here, leave them here, because he was so confident in the fact that the love of God that they could be prep physically present. Yes. But have their head in the cloud. Yes. They physically could be in a world where love was corrupted and walk out the sincere Perfected love. Love of God. I, love, love, this is so good because it's literally, he's saying that everything I create in this world is good. Mm-hmm. But it's only good now because of the corruption of the world. It's only good now if you can be in it, but of me. So even when we think of sex, and I'm harping on this because I want to give them at least one articulation of how the love of God is expressed in the human experience. He said, "You, if you're in sex, mm-hmm. it needs to be of God. Amen. How? You're physically in this physical act that, quite frankly, God created yes. and ordained and decided that this act that is with the intention of procreation yes. comes with a incentive of pleasure. Right. But he's saying you can in the interact in this, but you must do it in a mind of God. Yes. And you must do it understanding that all things flow from God. Absolutely. 
This is not the precipice of love. Yes. This is not the unifier of love. Yeah. This is not the signal of love or the manifestation of love. No. That comes from your understanding yes. and obedience to the flow of God in your life. See, the engagement with God fills us with everything we need to engage with those that are around us. And when we engage with those around us, the evidence that we have engaged with God is that they began to engage with God. Amen. So sex is one of those things it is. It that is. is utilized to complete the engagement. It's an engagement with God that the that that your spouse might not even know God. And, and let me say it in a in another way because I think it might help. When we we are unified with God, when we walk out His intention of creation, yes. when He creates things and we walk in it, yes, we are unified with God. And and it and and when we're not unified with God, absolutely, we if we look at that, <laughs> we walk out. To, something totally against what God created. Because we took what for. he created and used it as a vehicle of our desire. Of our desire. That's, again, I go back to, um, that's why we can't, as Christians, we cannot be so um, lawfully put in a place where we're looking at somebody else's depiction of where they're at in 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 that Absence of the love of God when we relationship. Walk, when we walk in the same thing. When we walk in the same thing. We're You're both looking, depicting love centered on our desire. On our desire. You 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 know, that's why you have uh people, um Christians, and I'll say pastors and people to get the mic. Let's just say it that way. People who are in a have a podium, people who have an audience, who are who constantly are saying uh, the a man and a man, or a woman and a woman. God did not create or, Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. Or or a man and a child, which by by uh, yeah. I I want to really really let you know. Yeah yeah, let's talk about. I want to really let you know that. Um, there was no church people. There was no no audience for the people fighting for children that who were born into a corrupted situation, who had pedophiles for daddies or pedophiles for granddads or pedophiles in their family. There was there's nobody was on a soapbox to talk about that engagement to speak or advocate against that particular perversion through desire. And so it just went, a certain perversion. Yeah, it went a long time. That that perversion went a long time as being a family secret, and became and the, the family crest. And, yeah, and became the church secret. Yes. How many people are coming out now? I think that they said uh, there's a class action lawsuit against the Southern Baptist Church. Yes. I think they said so many adults came out about them being touched when they were kids. Yes. Because just talking about the Catholic because, church. Because when, if we don't deal with our desires, if we don't teach the people of God how to be in the world and not of it, and not of it, that the very thing that you think that you would never do, you'll do it. You can reclaim 
what the world has defined sex to be. Yes. By being in it. Because we're so alarmed. Of the world. We're so alarmed because because now we we as the people of God are entertaining so much. We're we're entertaining and we're even having to deal with in our families. How does it make you feel when somebody says, I love someone of the opposite sex? I'm I'm or the same sex. Let's let's put it that way. Let's how do how does it make you feel when this person says, I love somebody from the same sex, but yet they've been in church their whole whole life. They've they've walked, they've seen, they've and you're saying to yourself, how in the world could this have been perverted like this? It's because the loves the the love circle, the the very flow of God's love has been interrupted. It's and, been interrupted. And defined as perfect. Yes. We stopped the completion of God's love and yes. said, we only three quarters away through, but this is love. It's like it's like building a dam in the middle of a, a, a body of water that everybody needs on the other side. Yeah. Sometimes that's all we've been in our life. We've been a recipient of the love of God. But what we allow to seep through us is not that. It's not the love of God. Even, even when we haven't been perfect, even when we haven't been right, we've receive that unconditional love where God has looked past even the condition of his heart. Yeah. When he felt a way about how we decided to engage on his creation, he said, that's okay. And then we took that unconditional love, receive it every day by breathing, by waking up, by receiving uh, opportunities and situations that position us to a level of comfortability or a level of uh, being able to survive or thrive in this world. And we give that not to anybody, even ourselves. We build that dam up, like you said, that never lets the love of God flow. So when the homosexual looks and says, how dare y'all talk about us? Because you don't even operate in love yourselves. Yes, true. And, you know, I'm going to be very honest with you. They have a right to we have a, they have a right to charge us. See, we're progressive Christians in that way where we can honestly own to the fact that we don't walk out what we are calling for them to walk out. That's right. We want to tell them. That is not an admission of acceptance. We want to tell them, <laughs> but you don't want to be transparent enough to let them know what you're saying is true. Because the truth of the matter is you're looking at their expression of love and you see it as as uh broken as perverse but yet you go home and you have a wife or a husband and the very expression of love between that holy matrimony as we call it that very expression is perverted yeah it's only what can you do for me yeah even when it comes to sex what can you do for me? You don't make me happy anymore. You just don't tickle my fancy. You don't do it for me anymore. I wish you did, but you just don't do it for me. Do what? Do what? What? You know, I thank God. I, I thank him for allowing me to live in the land of the living and for leading me in the world and showing me daily that I can live in this world be connected to him and not be of the world. And create this 
this perfection in his creation yes. once again. He, he created man and woman. And you're married. You're married for 39 years. Yes. And to see how you walk out marriage, it creates this perfection. It completes the, the creation. Yes, it does. It does. It, cre- it completes it because one simple thing about love. He said, love is the, the unselfish concern for one another. And what I realized, and I'm talking to young men, is like, you don't have a concern for this young woman. No. But when I watch how you interact with my dad, you have a concern for him on multiple levels. Your concern for him is never, I'm concerned for you because of what it could mean for me. Right. It's like the tough reality that football players face is that when they get injured, their coach is concerned, but the real concern is when is he going to get back in the game? And how long? And how long? <laughs> and I use this example to a young man, and I said, think about when that young girl who you talking to and enjoying her company and time, imagine she gets sick for a week. You may even say, get well, but it's an emphatic get well. Like, get well so I can go back to satisfy my lust, please. Yes. I can't satisfy my lust with your your tummy ache. Or your brokenness. Or your brokenness. And I think it's a challenge because when a person's sickness can't be seen. Ooh, there you go. And we don't recognize. Or care. Or care. You know, I challenge. I, I challenge. I said, come on now. Come on, come out of yourself for just a few minutes. She she said this to me, and it hurt me. Do you know what mind she's in that is causing her to say that? Because I recognize something. I recognize that that type of love can only, you know, God allowed me to go back to a place before I knew who God was. And to see the lengths that I would have gone through just to be away from the one I say I loved. Just to get an opportunity. And at one point met every desire that you had. Yes, met every desire. But all of a sudden I found myself at a place where I turned around and I said, this doesn't look like anything that I want a part of. This doesn't meet my desire anymore. I got four kids. What in the world? I'm I'm pouring pouring out, and every time I think I get to a place where I've met the needs of the day, here comes another day, and this bottomless pit. And he's in line with the bottomless pit, <laughs> and nobody knew. Constant requests, constant uh, demands, constant of demands. transactions. Of, yes, and I was all transactioned out. <laughs> I was bankrupt. It's too many withdrawals. I, Not enough deposits. I was bankrupt, and that bankruptcy put me in a place where my kids couldn't touch me, my husband couldn't touch me, and I'm talking about connecting. See, some of us aren't even present. <laughs> I was I had left, not present, mm-hmm. not present. And 
I think it was last week, week before last, but I, I likened it to Jesus um, described himself as the first back from the dead. God actually described Jesus as the firstborn of the dead. And Jesus said, that's who, who do you think the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth is? Yeah. He said, that, he said, because if you are buried with me. You'll live with me. He said, you, then you'll be Same risen with me. Same way when they me. talk about the first Adam and the second. So the yes. The second, who, who everyone else will be birthed out of. But he said, if you never died. That's it. If you never died. You'll never experience. You'll it. never live. So there's a there's a part when I look at this person, when I look back at this person, who was, you know, like people said, uh, the first they said it was just puppy love, and then they said it was passion, and then they said those two people, you know, they just are, they just are. They just want each other. They just desire each other. No matter what you put in their way, they're going to be together. This is this is how our relationship was depicted. No matter what you put in their way, they're going to be together. That's real love. That's real love. But then when you wake up one day and you said, mm, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. Just doesn't. Can't it doesn't, even explain it why. It doesn't call my fears. It doesn't make me feel secure. It doesn't, doesn't give me confidence. It doesn't give me confidence. Doesn't lead me in the paths of righteousness, if it is an namesake, that's direction. Doesn't give me any direction. Doesn't give me any purpose. It just leaves me empty at the end of the day. It leaves me being bankrupt and me always feeling like I'm inadequate. I don't have enough. I can't do it. And I felt that way. And my... Because people see that the person no longer does it for them, they think the reason that they don't they don't have it is because this person isn't a, a tapped resource. Yeah. So get out the way. Yeah. Never realizing it's not uh, the person. You get a fresh body in there. Yeah. And you just gonna drain that one too. Yeah. And and I knew I knew it wasn't the person. Yeah. I knew I and I don't I don't even know how I knew that. You, but you I, know it was you. I equated all mankind is the same. I recognized that my my that his face could be put on a million other bodies, or his body put on a million other faces. But it was something that just was in you. And the way that I the, the way that I can show you, or the way that I can depict it, is the way that God used for me. And he showed me as uh, so many people in that I encountered were all around me in a circle. Mm -hmm. And I was in the inside of the circle. And I had two little arms. Two little arms. And I had just kept reaching out. And these people had arms. And they were reaching too. But their long arms were little. And he just, I could. I kept saying, nobody loves me, nobody sees me, nobody knows who I am, nobody cares about me. And I kept seeing these people with all that they had trying to reach, trying to reach in. And he said, it was me. I had to reach you. I had to reach you. Because 
we feel, I felt inadequate because I was inadequate. I felt broken because I was broken. We ignore those things the, in the, church. The, the, the common truths of it. We see it and we then we are looking for people to fix it. Jesus didn't walk with the, the well. He said, I came for the sick. I came for the sick. But, and if you didn't wake up this morning knowing that you're incapable, then guess what? You already lost. You already lost. Because we keep thinking that we're that this love, this almighty love we have, which is only fueled by desire. We feel like this almighty love is going to solve not just my problem, but this problem of the person in front of me. And it won't. It won't. It won't. It took dethroning. My, my, my husband was my God. He was. And he was thoroughly dethroned. I knew he could not. Sometimes he would say to me, what do you expect? What do you expect from me so I can just get it done? And and this (laughs) this erosion that happens from puppy love to downright frustration and apathy towards the whole thing is the erosion of the facade of love that reveals desire. Reveals desire. And you have to come face to face with it. I, I'm, hey, I'm, I didn't grab this person in my life. I didn't grab that person. All for the sake and, of my desire. And you have to recognize when, when God tells you, I've loved you. Even when you didn't recognize me. Yeah. He said, I was there. Even through the hard times. Even through the perversion of other people depicting love. Yeah. I was there. And he said, you may think that that's wicked that I was there. But he said, that's love. He said, I constrained myself in my word and allowed the word to find you at the place that you could be met. And I maintain a consistency of the self-sacrificing love. No matter the condition I see in you or the condition in me because of your Condition. Your condition. That's love. That's love. And so you have this Valentine's Day. Everybody's celebrating love, but from a certain place. And that's why even with children, we have to make sure they understand this celebration of love on this day that manifests itself in giving things of very surface. I love yous, cards and candies and flowers. You have to let them know these are engagements of the world. That you must engage in, but be of something greater. Yes. That giving somebody a card is not the manifestation of love. Though it's fine, give your card away. But understand, God is expecting you to give more than that. Understand that that more that we're talking about is not, how can I show this man I love him? Let me give him my body. How can I show this woman I love her? Let me give her my wallet. These are engagements or manifestations of love. The the way I show you I love you is to give my all to God. Yes. And guess what? God doesn't let you stay there. No. You don't just sit you beside him and say, I love you. You love me. He said, okay. Okay. I poured in. He said, now. Let me pour you out. Pour you out. I'm not even leaving it to you to pour out. Because you'll pour, I think I said it in Bible study, you, we pour ourselves way too much to people. Yeah. Where God may have told you, oh, they just need a little sip. 
You went ahead and you just pour you all got that cup overflowing. Yeah. And then you sitting there empty, like, well, this engagement didn't go the way I thought. It didn't because you didn't let God pour you. And we're not going to ex- have anything back except for the completion that comes. Because they can never fill. They can never fill. We send in empty pictures like, yeah, remember yesterday I poured all myself out. You got it. You can pour it back in me. No, and I'm going to show you how to do this thing. I'm going to show you how to do this thing. This is This is what we as Christians feel like we have to exactly show when we're in a relationship with Anybody, whether it be our children or whatever, whatever. And I noticed it even when God started to work on me and I began to let him show me how to love people. I would get people who wanted to take a pause, a snapshot and and give an exposition about, you know, that thing you just did. That's not the force I knew. That is really I'm like, here's the tricky thing. I might never do that again. Mm hmm. So while you say that right there, hold it right there, stay right there. I want to see that from you 30 years. God is like, that was one time. I got other places for you to pour in greater magnitudes or lesser magnitudes. But I I thank God that um, I think we spend much too, much too, much too, much too time. Much much too too much. Time trying to expound on. Thing, places and things that God places us in when love speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. It's, it, you know, it's like how Jesus says, some, they say he disappeared in the crowd. <laughs> he didn't stay around to, to, to expound on what just happened. Yeah. He, he just disappeared in the crowd. And they say, well, he took the boat to the other side of the... He's and like, it was it's still say, people that need to be healed. They say, still people the, that yeah, the disciples say, we still got an audience, man. Where you going? Where you going? What's, what you doing? You got an audience back there. And Jesus said, oh, it's time to get out. Because everything he's doing is not to receive or get a validation of love from people. But love speaks. But from his father. Yes, and love speaks. Love speaks. And it left him those opportunities to say, oh, oh, you, I want y'all to know I'm not doing this because of y'all. I'm doing this because I love my father. See, love speaks. You know, Paul, Paul when he was Saul and he encountered God on the road to Damascus, but he had encountered the love of God in Stephen. Right afterwards, yeah. And love speaks. Love speaks. It pulls us to a place where we can hear God. Why is Stephen so concerned with these people hearing of God when they clearly don't want it? They don't want it. And they're willing to kill him because he won't keep his mouth shut. shut. And this this is why we have to understand that our encounters, our engagements are reserved for God. But we encounter. It looks like people. Yeah. But it's an encounter, a love affair with God. Yes. My, I, wrote a, I wrote a song just to, to close it out. Um, I wrote a song. And in the song, I said, uh, the, the song is called Song of Your Love. And so I list out all of these things that God did. And in the hook, I said, this love affair has been for all time. Forever to your people, you'll draw nigh. And in it, it's just me listing out all the things he's done. Yeah. 
deep. It's a song about his life. And we, we write a lot of songs about loving God. But it's just sometimes we got to make a stop and just say, man, you've been loving us since the beginning of time. You've been showing us all these things yeah. and ways that you love. And all I ever get out of that is that forever to his people, yes, he'll draw nigh. And how much, how much love he has for his people, how he pursues us. Even when we throw our hands up, even when we say, I've gone as far as I can go. Even when we say, take me out of here, Lord. How much he loves us. And the reason I'm saying this is because people all the time say, show me love. Yes. I don't know any way to show you love but to show you God. And you may not, you know what? You may not even receive this love. Yes. But, <laughs> but you know what? But, You'll, you will know but the, the, the strangest thing the strangest thing is that God knows that if he he will never clothe himself in humanity again but he did consent to allow himself to be in humanity manifested yes through the acts yes of obedience and so he wants us to know to, we can't take it personal can't because for everyone that received the love of Christ when he was walking in the flesh, there was more that rejected the love of Christ, only to receive it at a different point. Even, so, even at the cross where he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what for they, they do. know not what they do. And when we talk about these simple things that people isolate from love, yeah. but are the extensions of love, like forgiveness. Yes. You got people who are trying to forgive without the love of God in them. Yeah. You got people Can't trying to be patient without the love of God in them. See, with us, it's always a two-sided, two-sided thing. Some people say they forgive, and it's in the, they're the exposure of what was the offense that they get gratification. Forgiveness is just that. Jesus forgave without exposing. And without any logical connection. And he could have he he exposed. Even when he was hanging on the cross, yeah. he could have exposed man for who they were. I, and I've then even, say, I forgive you. But I even thought of times where I forgave people after I felt like they got what they deserved. deserved. That's not forgiveness. And I recognize the power of unforgiveness. That's, that's why um, I, I recognize the value of forgiveness. Because I know the power of unforgiveness. There is a great power in unforgiveness. And it, it is part of the product that comes from walking in that, that love that is an imposter of the love of God. See, the love of God forgives yeah. because it's not engaged with the person that's engaged with God. That's, that's, that's what makes forgiveness so easy. When you're engaged with God, you're not engaged with the person. You understand that the person is just a recipient of the love of God. So you have no expectation for them to give anything back to you. Therefore, they can't disappoint you. Yeah. Because what you're getting is the love of God. And, and that's, in essence, what this whole podcast is about. 
But I know that when we speak like that, it elicits frustration from people. Yes, it And does. I think that we kind of, hopefully, in this hour and 19 minutes. I think, that, I think that the one thing that's missing in a conversation like this is the ability to um, hear, hear, people people, hear people back. Because you can't clarify something for someone unless they're speaking yeah. to, back to it. And so what I was so, trying to do was, um, that's why I asked certain questions. Yeah. Um, though, kind of like from my engagements with people. Yeah. I, and I've always wondered, like I've answered them, but I was always wondering, like, man, what would mom say? And so that's why I asked about sex. Yes. And about these human interactions, because that's where the the common questions that's, come from, and that's where the disconnect. The disconnect is the common questions come is okay. I hear about this love of God, but I hear I've I know seen it. I I seen and I know about this other love. It can't all be bad, is it? And I love the way we got to a point where God revealed to you that it's really about in and of. Yes. It's never, we, like we're constantly as a church trying to tell people to get out. And Jesus didn't do that. It's, he said, go in. Yeah. But go in, never allowing yourself to become of. Yeah. And when we challenge people like that, I think it takes a different conversation. It it takes. And I think that people are going to hear this and, and have new questions because they're finally not. They're tired of the lies of, oh, that's because if you walk in holy, it need to look like this. Right. And and some people even are engaging with in a point where they like, well, sex is not even a part of my marriage. Which is, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because they're yeah, trying to walk out. Which is a whole holiness, nother, yeah. It's a whole nother problem because I've seen it mutate to, to, to that, that, that in the church. Yeah. I, I've seen people say to other people, you know, anoint anoint the bed and anoint and and anoint yourself. Say so create new rituals. And yeah. And then say, you know, say no, don't don't have sex with with him, you know, but anoint him and tell him that there's satisfaction in Christ. Yeah. And this is all mutated because man wants to put his hand in it. Yeah. But, but the and type- clarify and define it. Yes. And I love that we're not giving any formula or definition in that way. Because we can't. Because we can't. Because it's about when when um, when God looked at Adam, He didn't say to Adam, "Okay, am I? What am I? Chopped liver? I'm not enough." Yeah. He said, it's not good. It's not good for Adam to be alone. And he, the only but, reason he was saying that was that Adam was distracted yeah. by something else. In in the same way that Jesus came along and said, it's not good for a man to eat bread alone. Yeah. yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like he's saying all these physical engagements play a part. Yes. But they are not the whole. They're not the whole. And that, is what's wrong with love. That's what's wrong with it. They're making the part, the whole. And so there's a hole in their love. But in order, I really do, I really would love, love to just have a form and Yes, and, and, and I think it's gonna happen soon. With people because um there there are so many people and there's so many married people, there's so many single people, there's so many people who are in relationships that don't look like the male-female relationship. They're in relationships, and they're feeling this bankrupt feeling. Yeah. 
and they're feeling this frustration. And they think it's because they're not in a in in a male female relationship. And or they think that it's not because in the back of their head they don't have the right partner. Yeah. You know, or I, the right parts. To, or the right parts. To understand and articulate but, but their love. They don't they don't understand. And I really do uh, I really do believe that God wants the people that he said he's he's given us this truth. To sit with people. To sit with people. Not to to pull away from it. But not draw to, to it. Yeah, we not, gotta draw to it. Not to not to see it as the world is portraying it and say, well, that's just the world. And shut the door to it and say, shut the door. They, they full of lust. We over here, we full of love and not hash out how that's supposed to look on an everyday human basis. This part of my life, I recognize that it's to be seen. It's to be seen. It's to be encountered with. I recognize that. You know, he said, the, the thing that the Holy Spirit asked me said, what did Jesus do when he came back from the dead? He went to show himself. He said, that's all I'm asking. He said, if you, therefore, if you be risen with Christ, he says, seek those things that are above. Yeah. He said, go show yourself. Yeah. He said, go show yourself. Go show what love after death is. Go show what love after death after death looks like. And always to prompt a greater engagement from the person. Yes. He said, y'all got y'all to take me to Peter. I know I showed myself to y'all. Take me to Peter. Yes. Peter, dig your fingers in here. He said, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Come on, just, he said, it doesn't make a difference. He, you know, it didn't make a difference yeah. of how that looked like or, or how that look Peter looked. You know, Thomas, yeah. how doubting, doubting Thomas yeah. looked at the end of the engagement to everybody else, or how Jesus even might have felt saying, "I've been with you." Yeah, he made he sure didn't he care. Said, I want you to know it's me, so you can he validate said, everything I'm about to say. He said, "Come on, just just feel, just get said, it over with." Do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep. Yes. These are these are these are the type of encounters that we have to have. Absolutely. And I, I, I endeavor, I, I definitely endeavor to, to, for Real Church Matters, we're going to set up places where it, people just come and meet and talk. Because yes. I want them to be able to dig their fingers yes. into your wounds and yes. other people's wounds so that they can see that it's real. Yes. You not just show them that I'm here and I'm glowing. Because we have said, hey, stick, stick your fingers in We there. haven't gotten our glorified bodies yet. Let's so, show so the them. wounds are still there. Exactly. Let's <laughs> show them the suffering <laughs> yes. that came before the glory. Yes. Because there's a lot of glory to be seen. Yeah. And I look at your life right now, and I look at this, this how this 39 years have come together. I'm seeing the perfection of love. Yes. But I know that that perfection of love came through the fellowship of suffering. Of suffering. And the ability to know. Um, actually, I woke up. Was it two weeks ago? With or yeah, about two weeks ago, since I've been on my my back and not able to go about the cares of the day, and I start singing a song to God, and I told Him I want to know You in the suffering, cause that's where I found You. Yeah. That's where You found me. Yeah. 
I want to know you in the pain. And I find myself even realizing, I told Antoinette that um, there's so much when I look back at my life that I'm always looking back and saying, I could have did this better or that better. Yeah. But God has been showing me, also look back and see what you need to hold on to. Yes. See what brought you through. Yes. See what got you here. See what wiped your tears. Yeah. Not not just see what caused the tears, but see what wiped your tears. Yeah. See what kept you alive when you wanted to die. See those things and hold on. Hold to on them. to them. That's right. Hold on to them. I can't because I, I have a tendency to go back and say, you know what, as a youth minister, I can da 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 da. But what caused you to reach out to those children? What caused you to stay the course with them? What caused you to cry when they cried? Hold on to that. Yep. Hold on and to see, it. We throw away a whole lot of things. Thinking that they do constantly critical. Yes, because we discard them because we're in the world and of the world. And we constantly want to tell people, I'm getting better. (laughs) I'm getting better. You want to know how I'm getting better? Because look at how much I left over. Yeah, yeah, I discarded that. (laughs) Yeah. I threw threw that out with the, and we we often do it. It's like there are certain things that God says, Sylvia, you have to do that. You My, have to do it. You have to do it again. He said, I'm not asking you to stand up before a crowd of a million or even 10 and sing. He said, but I am asking you to love to, me, to love me yeah. and to use what I've given you to love me with. He said, so if I, give, if I put something in you, he said, sing it to me. With the few people. You know, yeah. one of the things I think about love is like, these guys were so upset that Jesus was sitting with that crowd because they wished that they could sit with that crowd and exploit them. Yes. They were bothered by his popularity or people's interest of him and that he did not leverage that popularity for his own gain. And what looked like he accepted the people. They didn't care about, they didn't even care. You know what I mean? It's like, because you see it today. You see it today where God will move you in certain places with certain people. And then people look and saying, why are you hanging around with her? Because if you could, you'd be using her. Yes, that's the truth. You'd be touching her. Yes. You'd be exploiting her. You'd be exploiting her. But God knows you can send this woman my way. That's why he said what he said to the guys with the stones in their hands. See, he'd have the first son and cast first son. Because y'all want to use her as an example when she really is an example of y'all flaws. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure some of y'all didn't patronized her. Yep. You want you want to kill her out before the exposure yeah, comes about. <laughs> that's that's the poison of of the culture, and even in church, yeah, it's not love. It's not. We're just looking to exploit people because they're desperate for love. Yeah, and and it it looks it's sad, it's and sad. it saddens the heart of God. And when you're engaged with the heart of God, then you feel that sad. And we're gonna speak against it, and we're gonna fight against it. By engaging with the people who are not loved, right. but who are exploited. Who are exploited. I'm going to engage with the homosexuals. Yes. Going exchange and engage with the transsexuals. They don't. Have, I'm not. Acceptance doesn't mean that they are able to come and preach at your church. <laughs> acceptance in, in God's way is saying, I am willing to engage with you to show you a part of me See, that might make you whole. And I'm not intimidated by it because. Perversion to me is anything that is done outside of the dominion and power of God. Where the person on the throne is desire and not 
God's divine power. That's perversion. That's perversion. And I've been partaker of that. And that's what Jesus was trying to explain to these men of high reputation. He said, you honor me when you say not to have fornicate or to have adultery. But when you look at one with lust, you've already committed in your heart. (laughs) And a lot of us are afraid because we haven't. We haven't identified right. what what love is. So we're afraid to engage. We're afraid of the perversion that we see and we feel is greater than. Because we measure perversion from the place that we're at. Yeah. So I might not be doing what you're doing, or I may not be uh, in a same-sex relationship. But... I feel like mine is normal. You know, I'm I'm in this lust relationship, this desire, this broken this broken connection with someone of the opposite sex. And it's from that place that I look at you and say this is perversion. Not understanding that my relationship is perverted also. That I'm settling we settle for we settle for so much less than what God wanted for us. He wanted us to know what it feels like to be alive, to be whole, yeah. to be whole, to be loved. Yeah. Jesus died for that purpose that yeah. we might be loved. There's so many people that don't feel loved. At the end of the day. They feel like they're unloved. I don't care whether they're a person in a a senior citizen home, whether they're a person um, in a relationship, and at the end of the day, when they close their eyes, they're feeling unloved. They're feeling left to their own devices. And that's what God is after. He's after that engagement. He's after that engagement in the church Walls have prevented the engagement because a lot of us in the church operate out of fear and regulation. And I think that the reality is like, I thought that as a young Christian, I was combating against that in the ignorance in church by saying, we're going to talk about the birds and the bees. And God said, no. The, the th- conversations that need to be had with the young children all the way to the adults is what is love. What is it? And so I think that's what we did here. I think um, even in the, the title, instead of calling it, I was going to call it the ins and outs of love, but I'm going to call it the ins and ofs of love. Because yeah. <laughs> really, that's what really I brought out of this, I, I took away from this, is that if you don't understand what to be in and what to be of when it comes to love, you already are losing. I challenge. I want to set a challenge out. I challenge people to listen to the podcast. And when you're listening to the podcast, I challenge you to reach out, to reach out to Minister Forrest. Ask me at realchurchmatters.com. And, and let them know. I'd like to engage. I'd like to engage. I'd like to talk about this thing because I just don't see it. You know, I don't have understanding. 
I challenge you to reach out. Um, we don't have, we're, we're not looking for a platform. He's not looking for uh, a, some type of church or to create some type of following. We're, we just want what God wants. Obedience over audience. Yeah. So if you've been contemplating reaching out and, and, and you feel some type of way, you feel like that, that it, 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 it would, would cause you some type of uh, problem of, or, or allegiance, I'm, I'm telling you right now, God wants you to have the help that you need. And he's poured into, he's poured into us so that what he has poured can be poured out. That's right. And that you can have the very wholeness that you so desire, that you can feel loved even when no one's around. At the end of the day, when you've done everything right and still you feel like you missed, you still have to do something else to get there, to get that person's love or that person's affection. God said, all you have to do is reach out to me. There's a lot of ways to do that. This is just one avenue. And I challenge you to take that step. I challenge you to push him to a point where there has to be a meeting place. There has to be. I know wherever it is, I'm <laughs> going to be there. I'm going to be there because I got I got the wounds as one that has come back. And I know what God has done. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to do it. Definitely going to do it. It already has been something that I, I want to kind of edge myself into, which is having these engagements at places. And we already been searching for places and things. It's just this is just even more of an example of okay, I, I kind of know what that needs to look like moving forward. Um, I did want to say as we close, there are many other podcasts that I did pertaining to love. You can check episode nine. How's your love life? That was a good one. You can check episode one, Living Single, for those that are single out here. You can check episode 36, Half-Hearted Love. Half-Hearted Love was great. Episode 71, When They Go Low, We Go Love. That was good too. And then episode 88, Love by Faith, was the, uh, I think that was you. You were there for that one too. And uh, we was talking about love by faith and not by sight. And so those are some additional podcasts. It's getting to the point now where we're creating this uh, this this uh, lexicon or this kind of collection of topics that all are talking about the same thing, but impressively are talking about it in different ways because that's how dense and deep love is. Yes, it is. And so, um, you know, check out those episodes, episode 9, 36, 71, and 88. Episode 1, the first one we ever did was Valentine's Day. Uh, me and Antoinette living single. So there's there's so many about love. And this whole podcast started off with me really wanting to, to take the conversations I have with Antoinette about these things and record it because I think it's helpful. And I, I just love how it has matured and grown to what it is. We are coming up on the 100th episode. And I have a special surprise on the 100th episode. Um, it's going to be about gratefulness. Because I'm so grateful that we've made it to 100 episodes 
it happens to land on the week of my birthday as well. So I have another reason to be uh, grateful because I'll be turning 38. But all of this is just impressive to me. And I love how God orchestrates it, even when I don't understand what he's doing. Um, Episode 97, the ins and ofs of love. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm Minister Sylvia. God bless.